Welcome to the Freedom Mindset Academy podcast, where we will help you break cycles of burnout, build a sustainable entrepreneurial lifestyle, and have more by doing less. I'm Christine, a life balance coach. And I'm Maggie, an empowerment educator. And together, we believe that building a business should be fun. As the creators of Freedom Mindset Academy and the Energy Method, we're on a mission to help you live in the house you're building. Survival mode just ain't the vibe anymore. And we're showing you how to sustainably scale your business while actually enjoying your life in the process. We're dealing out all the tools to take back your time and energy so that you can cultivate a thriving business and life and do more of the things you love along the way. So pop into our weekly conversations and let us show you how we turn Mondays into Fridays. Hello, hello. It is a day of celebration because it is Maggie's birthday today. Happy birthday to Maggie. <laughs> very exciting. Um, we are very excited to be here with you again on a Monday, giving you Friday vibes on a Monday. There you go. Love it. Um, yeah. Tell us what we're talking about today. We are going to talk about mindset today. So, so often we get into these loops where we think our situations are our problems um, or a specific person is our problem or, you know, our weight is our problem or, you know, we, we name problems all over the place when in reality, <laughs> oftentimes our problem is actually our mindset. So the problem is not the, the physical thing itself. It is our relationship to that thing. It is how our mind is relating to whatever is happening out there. And you can have two people in the exact same life. You can have you in the exact same life with a different mindset and have a totally different experience of reality. And this is just facts. So um, you know, we talk a lot about mindset and why it's so important. And the thing is like, not often, you know, when people are naming their problems, they're not going to be like, I have a mindset problem. That's right. My problem is my mindset. Um, which is a shame because it often is that, that often is the problem. So we're hoping to bring some awareness to that today. Um, and, sort of highlight some instances or examples that are kind of mindset red flags so that you can begin to see, is this something that's happening in my life? Am I struggling more with blaming external circumstances than I am my relationship to those circumstances through my mindset? Um, and hopefully give you a little jumping off point to see maybe the work that I need to be doing is less about drastically changing my situation and more about working on my mindset. Right, because as you said, people don't automatically think, oh, it's my mindset that's the issue because they're so attached to the situation in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever that situation may be and you feel swallowed by it or it feels overwhelming or stressful and I don't know how to get out of here. I feel stuck, what's my next move? Um, and usually your mindset is, it's, um, it's tricking you into thinking, you know, all the, all the limiting beliefs that you have are like playing in your brain, like a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And you have to intentionally, like you said, first be aware and then intentionally 
change the narrative that's going on in your brain because that will change the environment around you and how you're reacting. Um, and also what you're, what you're putting of importance, I think it's a perspective thing because mm -hmm. two people can be in a terrible situation and one person can say, oh, well, you know, this is the worst thing ever and I don't know what to do and da, da, da. And then all of a sudden it's just more and more of that versus another person can, you know, focus inward and really have a moment of clarity and maybe do some meditation and, you know, look at the positive things that are happening in that situation and what it's teaching them versus them feeling like a victim, you know, or, and I hate to use that word, but you know what I mean? Well, I mean, that actually is like, one of the key indicators that you are struggling with the mindset issue, yeah. like identifying with victimhood. Yeah. Everything is happening to me. You know, like I am the butt of the joke. Like everything mm. seems to be going wrong for me. And we just like get identified with this, like, you know, bad shit happens to me. And right. that is really a red flag of like, being because you know the world isn't doing stuff to you and yes there are like I want to be very clear there are systems in place that you know there are racial systems in place yes and socioeconomic systems in place that are purposely created and perpetuated to keep certain people down that right. is that's a reality but like by and large when shitty things happen we think that people or the universe is like doing it to us it's like yeah. you know no <laughs> it's not really how it's happening right and so this mindset of victimhood feeling like a victim is a huge red flag indicator that you know you're taking things really really personally and you're identified with the situation instead of being identified with your center of power in a given situation, because when you're identified as a victim, you are powerless. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you like, like we said, two different people with two different, you know, a weak mindset and a strong mindset, um, you are going to change. You can see a different outcome. You can see the way out. You can see the hope, um, or you can see how that situation is making you stronger, how that situation is, is supposed to be in your path. It's actually, um, for you but in a good way, not in a bad way. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Mm -hmm. So that, that mindset shift. Um, and I think the biggest difference is uh, between the two is if you're having is, is the way you're, like we said, that, that limiting beliefs highlight real in your head is what, how to change that narrative. So mm -hmm. instead of, you know, the words that you use, you know, I can't, um, you know, I'm, I'm tired, I'm stressed, I'm over, you know, all of these things, instead of saying I'm working on it, I'm, you know, I'm trying, I'm, I'm getting stronger every day. I'm, you know, these things, even whatever is resonating with you in that moment, as you slowly start to take the next right step. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, I mean, you have to start somewhere, so it's not, you're not going to go from zero to a hundred. Um, but a, a few other ones we have, you know, a few, here, um, I think another big one is um, constantly being on the defense. So kind of part of that victimhood that we were talking about is uh, you're basically that person in the group that's always, um, you walk on eggshells around because you know they're going to twist it and turn it into something that feels like it was a dig, 
Mm -hmm. right? So it's the concept of victimhood, but then you're always like reacting to it in a way that's like, well, what do you mean by that? Or what, or, well, why did you say it like that? You know, um, when in reality, most people are just kind of, there's, there's no intention of harm, I would say for most people, it's just coming off that way because of the way that you're perceiving it. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's like, I mean, this pairs perfectly with so taking things personally. So a person yeah. who's really, really defensive is someone who's often taking things personally. And we see this a lot with like, especially, I mean, I think it starts with millennials, but the younger generation, like inability to take feedback um, at, because this, like, if we are viewed in any sort of way outside of like perfection and like lauding ourselves and celebration, it is an attack of the ego and like mm. we can't handle it. And so it's, yeah. that, you know, whenever you find yourself being really, really defensive, um, I mean, that's a fear mechanism, right? So it's the right. ego trying to defend itself because it's registering something is dangerous. And so when the ego registers something is dangerous, it's like life or death. And so we lash out and we get really defensive and we take things that are not personal, very, very personally, right? Like I remember in college, like my roommate asking me to take out the trash was like basically her saying like, you're a worthless piece of garbage. It's just like, how do those, those things are not the same. Right. Right. You know, that's how my mind was registering it. And I had a very weak mindset at the time, you know, so it's being defensive is the same as taking things real, taking things really, really personally. Um, right. Cause it's, I mean, basically you're writing that narrative. Like she didn't say that. No one said that to you. Um, you know, you get all of those conversations like, well, no, no, that's not what I said. That's not what I meant. Well, that's what I heard. It's like, well, wait though. That's exactly the problem. Like yeah. that's where the problem lies. It's not what was said. It's how it was perceived. And, you know, we don't want to, um, dilute valid feelings. You know, if someone's feeling a certain way, you know, those things need to be addressed, but also it's like, that mindset thing, if you just, if you are always thinking someone's coming at you to attack you, um, then that, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a deep hole. You got to get yourself out of before you can start to actually have conversations where you're got the whole valid feelings going on. And I do, I don't want to go too, I don't want to get too like deep into this, like single track, but I think you mentioned something really, really important. If you are having those feelings, we're not saying like, those aren't valid feelings or to just like dismiss those, but those aren't the truth, right? Your feelings are not necessarily the truth. And so if just using this example, right, that my roommate called me, you know, a piece of trash because I needed to take out the garbage. Um, That's a story that I have. Uh Why am I feeling that way? Was it something in the way that she said it? Was it some, what is a story that like, if somebody has to tell me how to live, then I don't know how to live or my mama didn't raise me right or something like that. You know, what story is right. that? Why am I feeling that way? Which I didn't trust me at 21. I did not have the capacity to do this work. I was not there yet. Um, but it's, it's not about just dismissing those feelings. It's about recognizing them and sort of intercepting them and realizing that these aren't just because I'm feeling this way, it doesn't mean that it's the truth. And it doesn't mean that that's what the other person meant. And so 
when we are feeling attacked like this, that's another reason why it's really important to have conscious conversation because we can't read other people's minds. Mm -hmm. so if we're in this like mind reading habit. This is another aspect of defensiveness, right? If like we're constantly deciding what people are, what the subtext of what people are saying mm -hmm. without confirming with them, then we're likely going to have a lot of trouble in our relationships, right? Right. Constantly saying, oh, Christine said this she must have meant this instead of being like, when you said this, did you mean this or did you mean this? Giving mm -hmm. people the actual opportunity to tell you what they mean instead right. of mind reading it all the time. Um, that's another like, yeah, that's a quick snowball into, exactly. you know, miscommunication and, and just arguments and all of that kind of stuff, like nip it in the bud. Um, for sure. I think, um, you know, the obvious one is kind of like seeing the glass half full versus the glass half empty kind of thing, where you kind of, you're always obsessing about the problems that, that are happening in your life. And every time you think about another problem that's happening, it brings on more energy and more problems. That's kind of like the concept of the domino effect of stubbing your toe in the morning, and then the coffee spills on you, and then you're late to work, and then you don't find the parking spot and all the things. Um, by looking, even if you're in, you're feeling stuck and you're feeling kind of in a low point, what you're still, you still have positive things going on, mm -hmm. right? You still have a roof over your head. You still have food to eat. You still have a car to drive, whether you were late to work or not, the car got you there safely. You know, like we need to start. I, I noticed for, for me and Maggie, I'm sure you can relate. Like when we've been in our darkest points, like there was still, that's when you kind of have to go down to the survival tactics of life and be grateful for just the bare necessities, essentially, <laughs> of the, you know, the essentials of life goes back to like Maslow's hierarchy of needs of like, do we have food? Do we have water? Do we have shelter? Um, and those are already things you could be grateful for because there are people in the world that don't have that. Right. And it, this is again, like, this is a balancing act because the work that we do is most powerful when we acknowledge our true experience. Uh -huh. So if you like, I had a really hard therapy session this morning and then I came out and they were like balloons and I got my birthday present. It like immediately just sort of like floated me up when I was having a really, really hard morning. But in that session, like everything seemed dark. Everything uh -huh. seemed like I was sort of like kind of wrapped my mindset was just like everything kind of sucks right now because I was working through something really challenging and the goal is not to bypass right if you're having those if you're having a hard time and it's like things are tough you got the only way out is through it because okay. if you were just like let me no I'm just gonna be grateful I'm just gonna be happy I'm just gonna be you're you're blocking the right. actual process of experiencing emotions. And so it's a fine line, you know, we ruminating is sitting in emotion. Uh -huh. Ruminating is focusing only on one aspect of your situation. Ruminating is like you're honed in, you're sitting in the negative shit and you're not able to see any of the other stuff. Uh -huh. And that's, what's really, really damaging. What the, the, the magic is, is like being able to feel through that, acknowledge it, and then also say, this is not the truth. When we're really ruminating, we feel like our feelings are gonna last for forever. Like yeah. there are no options. There's no yeah. way out, there's nothing we can do. This is just life now. And that's so, it's just not, it's not the truth, but we do get to honor that experience and sort of move through it 
so that we can ground ourselves back in what's the actual reality. Like, yes, I have a roof over my head. I have people who love me. Mm. Even if I feel lonely, I have a deep community, you know, like that my feelings are not necessarily, again, the truth or my total reality and being able to create either in a container with a coach or with a therapist or with a friend or family member, that perspective and that distance taking is really, really important when you're just wrapped up in negative thoughts. Yeah, I completely agree. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot there, but I feel like those are all like separate branches we could go down. <laughs> so I kind of feel, um, did you have anything else on your list that you wanted to, about the, the mindset thing? Um, when, like there are some trigger words that I think are really important to look out for in terms of mindset. So I take mindset super broad. I take it as like the stories that are playing inside of your mind that are dictating the way that you experience reality. And so I have a few like red flag words and phrases that I pin for myself and that I work with my clients to recognize. So shoulds, anytime you have, you know, you're just berating yourself with shoulds, it's a great time to pause and say, you know, says who? Mm-hmm. says who I should do this, you know, right. says who this is what I should do because should means there's a right and a wrong thing to do. Mm. And the world doesn't really exist in right and wrong. That's a, a duality that we've made up. And so the shoulds are like, can be really dangerous. So I, that's a, a big um, pinpoint for me, a red flag. I can't um, speaking in absolute. So always nothing I can't, I never, um, these like sort of internal dialogue thoughts. As soon as I say like, there's nothing I can do. I'm like, Oh babe, you're, yeah. in it. you're really in it right now. Right. And I can acknowledge that like, it's taken me years to get to this place where I can be like, wow, I'm not, you know, I need a, maybe an hour to sit in this, like for yeah. me to be pathetic and be like, you know, wah, and like cry my little ass off before I'm like ready to really get my shit together. Cause there's never nothing that you can do. You know, right. that's completely abdicating all power and responsibility that we have and being in total victimhood. Right. Um, and giving yourself the time to go through, like, I I'm big on that too. Like give yourself, but however big the circumstances, five minutes, an hour, a day, and then you're done. Right. You're, you have your moment and then you now you start to realize, oh, that's not, that narrative isn't correct. There are many things I could do. How, you know, what is the next right thing? Yep. And some people are going to try to push you along that path before you're ready. Yeah. I think it really takes a lot of intentional work to know, okay, I can trust myself to pout and be in a pissed mood right now for five minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, because I know I've already seen the red flag. I am mm-hmm. acknowledging this as a red flag. When I say there's nothing I can do, I can't do anything about this. I know that that's, that's just a story I'm telling myself. Narrative. Yeah, right, exactly. right. So I pay, I really pay close attention to those, mm-hmm. those words. Um, those are huge triggers for me. And I invite you, like, as soon as you prime your mind to find those words, you're going to realize that you're saying them 
a hell of a lot more than you ever knew. And so really priming your consciousness to stop on those words. It's a really helpful way to see where your mindset's at. Definitely. Um, I think you've said something in the past about how, um, from like brain research and how back in the day when our job as cave people was to run away from animals, you know, and how we had all these survival tactics and strategies to stay alive, which is that fight or flight. Um, how over the course of man has developed man and woman has developed that we are, our brains didn't catch up to where we are in time Mm -hmm. as far as technology modern medicine, all of these different things, even though we think we have, right? Um, we still have a lot of limiting beliefs that are no longer serving us, that mm-hmm. were supposed to serve us and keep us safe at one point in time. Well, not uh, only beliefs either, like entire brain systems and functions, right. right? So not only just like stories, but right, right, right. But like the entire makeup and organization of our brain is way outdated. Yeah. So um, I saw a video this morning, um, same concept. It was, uh, but discussing age. So Mm -hmm. like how we put all this pressure on, um, you know, 20 year olds, 30 year olds to have succeeded. Um, How we put pressure on when you should be married, when you should have kids, when you should have, you know, set your life up and all these things. When in reality, you're going to live to be another 60, 70 years because this type of thinking was put in place when we were only going to live to be 50. Mm -hmm. Right. So we haven't evolved that, 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 that timeline to say like, well, you don't have to be a huge success or have it all figured out by the time you're 30, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that, that gets into our brain too, because we start to see the societal, you know, pressure and conditioning of like, I don't have it figured out, you know, but this person does and, and all of that. And so that starts to get, again, it's the stories we tell ourselves, but also there's, there's a lot of societal conditioning around us, this propaganda kind of in a sense that is trying to help us, but it's not really, it's not meant, you know, to be the end all be all. And you need to take, take what, just like what we always say, right. Take what resonates and leave the rest. And And so just knowing that, because I think for me, when I first started having a lot of these feelings, I was like, where did this come from? Like, why am I feeling like this? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense for the upbringing that I had and for like, what has happened in my life? Like, why all of a sudden am I feeling this way? And a lot of it, I think can be, end up being biological or like you said, brain that we don't even know um, of things that generations behind us that had this issue that is just almost in our DNA. Um, but I think the, the mo- it's just like when we say working out, the biggest muscle we need to be constantly working on is our brain. Mm-hmm. And that takes every single day. Like Maggie said, you know, you have a rough morning just because we're coaches doesn't mean we have it all figured out, but we've learned how to, you know, be aware of this, of the red flags and the words that we say and how we, how we speak to ourselves and our thought processes. And then we are intentional about how we go about the solution, which is allowing ourselves to have our moment and then moving into it versus knowing that we could spiral into a dark hole. We're not doing that anymore, right? <laughs> well, I think, and that's why, especially 
after you've done this work for so long, you stop being afraid of the dark. Yeah. Because mm. it's, you know that you have the tools to pull yourself out. Exactly. And so you allow yourself to feel fully. I mean, I was like, cry. I'm probably, my face is still probably a little swollen. I mean, we really went through it this morning. And I like allow myself to feel fully without the fear of being consumed by it anymore because okay. I have the tools. I can recognize, you know, yeah. how my red flags when my mind is working against me. Um, and you did say something else that's just like another huge red flag mm-hmm. is comparison. If you find oh, yourself yeah. constantly comparing yourself to other people, yes. again, this is kind of a sidebar of victim mindset. So we often think like, oh, well, their daddy was rich. And so they have all this money and that's why they're successful. Or we make excuses, right, for why other people are successful and we're not, That which also puts us into victimhood and abdicates our, you know, responsibility. And again, I just am going to say this because like, of course, there are systems in place that are intentionally trying to deny people access to um, different opportunities. So that is a reality, but also, you know, we have a lot of personal agency and responsibility too. And if we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people, if you're constantly looking side to side, you're not looking at you and you're not looking at what you personally have control over. So, well, I mean, and I think also just if we, knowing that those societal restrictions are certain things, like you said, with race, gender, um, economic status, all of that is already in place. Like by dwelling on it and constantly using that as an excuse, you're not getting yourself any further. No. If anything, you're getting yourself further back. You're not breaking um, those systems. You're not challenging those systems. Right. Like be the change you want to see. And if that changes even just for you, you don't have to change the whole world, but get yourself through the door. And if anything, we have one life. Why would you want to sit here and just say, oh, well, I already know that I can't win the game. So I might as well just not even try. Mm -hmm. That's that's not the concept here. The concept is you have such a powerful tool, which is your brain and your mind. And that can help you to find solutions that are going to go around these restrictions. And here's, I mean, and then here's hoping that as a collaborative, as a human species, we can start to be the change we want to see because there'll be enough loud voices, which is, you know, um, equal, equal marriage laws, rights for women, rights for African-Americans, you know, all of these things that, um, you know, uh, nominating the right people to, to allocate for our desires and things like that. Those are the ways that we can do that. But if you're stuck in this, well, it's never going to work. I'm, I'm, you know, woe is me kind of mindset, then you're never going to see any of those out of the box solutions where you could still get your desired outcome. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, and you're using that trigger word too. It's never right. Just because Mm, right. Like being in this all or nothing kind of mindset too, is really, really, um, limiting because it's like oh if I can't break the whole system it's not even worth me taking a small step forward and that's a really again just very limiting way to view the world progress happens incrementally it would be so so nice if we could just 
burn the system, the oppressive systems down and just like, you know, rebuild them properly. Yeah. But that's not going to happen because these are <laughs> decades and centuries and, you know, of, of ways of thinking that are really that we have to just take one brick down at a time and be like, this doesn't serve our society anymore. And that's why we have the constitution with amendments and we're constantly revising and doing things like this and passing laws. And the idea is that that, you know, I mean, we're not going to get into a political conversation because that's just never ending, but that's the idea is that it, it is working towards a greater good. And if you're constantly thinking, well, everything's broken. And I have to say like the two biggest systems, I think in the world outside of, or especially the United States outside of politics, I think that are the most broken are the educational system and the, um, the medical industry, you know, the pharmaceutical. Um, and I have recently, my mom is a teacher. I have so many, you know, I mean, Maggie, you've been in the educational system for years. And I believe that even just going through high school and all these things, we just don't learn, you know, all these memes that go around, oh, another day went by and I have, still haven't used the quadratic equation right? All these things that were taught and were, and all these things that were not taught, right? How to pay your taxes, how to build a business, how to think freely. That's not what school is meant to do. It's meant to help you be an employee. It's an instrument of the state. Exactly. And we know that. And then when you go into a university and you get onto all this student debt and you try to learn a trade, which most people end up going indecisive for a while because they're not guided correctly. And then you learn something and then most people end up getting a job without out of that degree and then paying all these student loans. And it just doesn't seem like a system is working for the people. And that's the thing, it's not. So the sooner you understand that, the sooner you can find your own educational systems. And what has helped me to, to feel like that there's a progress there, because that's such a huge system that you just think is just never gonna change. And you're like, what, or what do we do here? Where do we even go? Is how incredible the life coaching space and the coaching space in general has evolved in the last five to 10 years, specifically in the last five years. Um, business coaches, tax coaches, gut health coaches, life coaches, all of these, these individual, um, you know, expert level that are living that reality that you desire in that moment, instead of a university professor who's been teaching economics for 50, you know, 40 years and is making 50 grand a year, you know, like I would rather take, you know, some coaching with a multimillionaire and say, how are you doing it right now? What kind of mm -hmm. business are you running? Um, same thing for your mindset, you know, therapy, life coaching, all of that stuff to guide you and what it is. And that's when you start to find the answers you're looking for. And then being able to be a part of that, like the universe was guiding me. I passed through social media marketing, event planning. I mean, you name it, I did it. And I got to this point where I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what's going to, I'm going to be the change I want to see in the educational system because I'm helping people learn something that they think they're going to learn in school and they don't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that is something I've come to the realization in the last, basically since we started working on this academy that I was like, I can actually help and not feel so helpless in this giant system that feels like it's just meant to make us work for the man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so that, but that took some time to get there and it just trusting in yourself and your faith and your intuition and, and, and going forth and 
and knowing that your agenda is, is help is going to help people. Um, but then again, that's for someone who is working towards trying to make a change. Sometimes it's just trying to make a change within yourself. That's the hardest part. You got to start there before you can try to help others. Because if your glass is empty, you cannot pour from an empty glass. Mm -hmm. We say that all the time. So focus on what it is that you're trying to do. And that comes from mindset. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole reason I had to stop being a teacher was because I wasn't creating the kind of like systemic change that I know the system needed. And as 26, I couldn't handle that. I right. couldn't handle that my impact was so small. Uh-huh. And of course my impact, what, you know, I still get messages from my students from, you know, five, yeah. seven years ago, like my impact really wasn't that small. Right. Um, when you think about, like the ripple effect of impact that you have on people. And so that was a total, I acknowledge now that, you know, obviously the system is like rigged and it is, mm-hmm. there are deep, deep issues inside of it. But the reason I failed, failed at teaching is because my mindset failed, mm. it failed me. But and- it was a, but it, you could consider it now a redirection because you're still yeah. teaching you're right. just making such a greater impact with your knowledge and expertise to people who are directly impacted by your, you know, your curriculum. I'm connected to that, right? right. I'm like, I understand now how change works. Yes. It, you know, it would be nice. We would all love to wake up tomorrow with the body that we wanted and the job mm-hmm. that we wanted and the house that we wanted and like the income that we, you know, we would all love to snap our fingers and have these things happen, but that's not, you know, I had to go through this process in order to get to where I am now. And right, so right. I think I can see now the value of mm-hmm. the work that I do, even if it's not crumbling the system because it's just, it's a brick a day. And I think that's That's really, really important. And so that's a huge mindset piece is acknowledging the impact that you do have, acknowledging the change that you are able to create, excuse me, acknowledging what you do have control over and taking action there, instead of looking at these enormous systems that were created intentionally to oppress us and to keep us small, Instead of looking at those and feeling defeated when you wake up in the morning, do the one small thing that you can do to resist those systems. That is powerful. And the more people do that, the more the system crumbles. And so I think really shifting your mindset around like, because I can't do it all, I'm not going to do any, Mm. is so important, especially when we're coming up against like larger systemic issues but even you know when we're just coming up against our own yeah just empty one box at a time you don't have to clean the whole room yep yeah no definitely I um I I think that's that's so powerful like just really taking taking your mindset and just really just focusing on the next right thing I mean the Frozen taught us that right the Disney movie right so that whole She's completely defeated. She thinks her sister's dead. Every, she lost her best friend. Everything's gone. 
And she's like, I just have to do the next right thing. And she slowly physically crawls up the mountain and gets herself there. And those movies, let me tell you something, they're not just for kids. They're very much for adults. <laughs> and and um, yeah, when you cannot do it all, you don't need to look at the whole picture. Just take the next you know, piece and put that down mm-hmm. and, 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 and do that. And um, when you slowly start to put each piece down, it will add up to the whole picture. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Did you have anything else next? Um, I think, you know, another red flag, this is kind of in the should area is just to, you know, if you're constantly letting the choices that you make be dictated by other people and what other people are going to think of you, mm. that is mindset. So like making decisions with other people's voices in your head, that's mm-hmm. a mindset issue not doing things because of what other people are going to say about you, mindset issue, right? These are all stories that you get to engage with and reframe. This is not the truth. It is not, it's only limiting if you allow it to be. It can be really insightful. It can show you areas in which you are very insecure and sensitive and guarded and afraid of being vulnerable. Um, And so I would say when you start pulling other people, when you start really, you know, instead of making your own decisions, you're farming mm-hmm. that out to other people in your circle. Um, and that's not to say, you know, you should never ask for any advice, but when you're really abdicating your central role as decision maker in your own life and giving that power away to other people, that's a, an indicator that you're not feeling secure mm-hmm. and that um, you might benefit from spending some time alone with yourself to get clear on what it is that you want and what you want to do instead of letting other people's voices kind of rule your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And strengthening your mindset, um, is going, you you know, it's going to shift your identity. It's going to the ideas that it, you're growing, you're evolving, you're wanting to feel healthier, both mentally and physically and be a better version of yourself. Um, and that is going to shift the people around you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, these people who you used to have so much in common with and used to be thick as thieves and, you know, doing all the things. And because you had that same hustle culture mindset, or you had that same, um, we're going to make fun of everybody mindset because we feel like we're down in the dumps. So we're going to, you know, gossip about everybody. And now all of a sudden you realize that that's no longer serving you or you're feeling, stuck and alone. And then you start to shift things. Most of those friends around you and people around you are not doing the same work. There's going to be a disconnect and Mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to be like, wow, I've been friends with this person for 10 years, but now all of a sudden, like we don't see eye to eye anymore. Like we're not this like ride or die. This is what Mm -hmm. we stand for because now we've seen more when you're exposed to more and you have more knowledge that gives you more power to make better educated decisions and more awareness is what it is. So you're more intentional about your actions and people who are still blinded to that, they, they are on the defense. They are pointing fingers at other people. You know, they're going to feel like, well, you're betraying me, but that that's not really the case. You're, you know, you're getting out of your stuckness mm-hmm. and you're, you're powering through to get to your, 
you know, to strengthen your mindset so that you don't fall back into those dark places. And I love Maggie, what you said about not being afraid of the dark anymore. That's like (laughs) such a cool visual because it's true. Like you don't need to be afraid of the dark. Like there's the dualities exist in life. You have light, you have dark and you need dark in order to appreciate the light and vice versa. You know, that's why we go to sleep and wake up and, you know, we have daylight and nightlight, but you need to understand how the darkness can help you Mm -hmm. and what it's, and what it's teaching you. And most people grow and evolve more in the dark than they do in the light. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just being aware that when you're making these shifts, there's going to be people that drop off. The universe is going to move things around and it's going to, it, it's going to feel like, oh, I'm losing things, but you do, you kind of have to shed the old identity in order to put the new one on. And that's the thing. Your, your new one comes at the cost of your old one. And sometimes that's hard. A lot of times that's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. And so, but also I can say it's hard, like, cause now same thing we're, you know, you're about to become a mom you're shedding an old identity to become a new identity as well in a different way, but that's exciting. And it is, it's scary and it's sometimes overwhelming, but it is something that you've desired. And you know now because you've shed old identities enough to that this is how it goes. And you are accepting that the things that you are leaving behind are things that are no longer serving you. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. I think when you do it for the very first time or the very first couple of times when you're leaving old, you know, when, when people move to different States and they're leaving behind old high school friends or, you know, um, people, you go back and you want to touch base with people and they're no longer in that same headspace or, or old places that are no longer available to you because you've, you know, you, you've just made a shift in your life. You're no longer interested in certain networking groups anymore because they just don't resonate with what you're doing I mean there's so many different you know what I mean Mm -hmm. yeah I mean we as you change your mindset as you I mean you're just gonna outgrow things and that's I think there's a period of mourning that we don't always account for especially if you're not consciously embedded in this work right when old pieces of your identity fade away and like old connections and old places and old environments are no longer Uh um the same when old people expect you to be who you were and you're not and you're you know dealing with their disappointment of like who you no longer are it's like you're gonna there are growing pains there and there's a mourning process that takes place whether you consciously do it or not Uh and I think bringing conscious awareness to the fact that like you get to mourn that right? Like that's a real, it's a real loss. And we deserve the time to honor, Uh you know, shifting out of those old identities. Um, Because part of, you know, in terms of mindset too, like having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, right? Like I just stand the way that I am. I can't change versus a growth mindset. Like I do get to change. Uh I'm constantly Uh changing. And like working with our brains, as you were talking about earlier, our every single interaction that we have, every action that we take is reshaping and remolding our brains. And so the reality is growth. That's the reality. We get to choose whether or not we accept that reality, whether we accept ourselves as fixed beings who cannot change and therefore other people as fixed beings who cannot change Mm -hmm. or 
accept ourselves as beings that can grow and evolve and up level and become, mm-hmm. you know, be and becoming who we want to be constantly. And when we give ourselves that gift, we also give it to the rest of humanity. And when we can give that to the rest of humanity in the world, then we no longer see things as immovable or unchangeable or mm-hmm. just always going to be shitty, right? It's the, the idea of accepting a growth mindset that things can change and evolve for better and for worse opens up the possibility that things can be better. Mm-hmm. And that we can get better and that we can become, and when I say better, I don't mean just like, I I mean, more aligned, more us, more authentic, more real, more true. Um, More more free. I think, I think the key here is, um, you know, freedom. Uh, Once you feel there's nothing worse than when you're stuck in your mindset and you feel stuck, overwhelmed, dark, no, not yeah, Like a prisoner to your own brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the ultimate, you know, reward of growth, a growth mindset and really pushing yourself to continually try to be better is freedom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as a, as a segue, um, into that is, you know, f- is what, what, what the world is fighting for right now. We're always fighting for freedom. We live in a free nation as the United States. If you're living here, if you're listening to this in another country, Here's hoping, you know, that you're in a country that feels free as well. Um, But there is a country right now that is fighting for their freedom, and that is Ukraine. And we want to just, you know, put out love and support because the president of Ukraine, uh, President Zelensky, is, you know, had an opportunity to get out of there. And he said, no, I don't need that. I'm here to fight for our freedom. And talk about a mindset, <laughs> like, like this man and these people that are doing this, they are, they're civilians that are fighting and they're doing this. And it is, um, you just have to have like, that is the strongest mindset I've ever seen, um, happening right now. And I think that that is a huge perspective for the rest of the world to understand that the daily things that we're going through and we're struggling through, it does not diminish that and say that our problems are not as big but it also just means there's some perspective there that we can, we can use to help us to feel like how our, our day to day can be a little bit easier because of, you know, I mean, we, we are supporting from afar, mm-hmm. you know, well, I think it's, you know, however you're feeling right now too, again, every single feeling you have is valid. Yes. And I think, oftentimes we get into these, it's called comparative suffering, where it's like, oh, I no longer, now I can't be upset about my transition into motherhood um, because there are children dying in Ukraine, right? right? Like I should just be grateful that I get to have my child in a safe space. And this isn't a helpful mindset, right? So it's right. like, I still get to have my very, very real experience and be in deep gratitude that I am in a country that is not under threat right now right. and send all the love and compassion they have to those mothers over there who are fighting for their children. Right. right. So it doesn't have to be this either, or like feeling right. Those not- dualities can exist and you can uh-huh. feel that's a great point. You can feel 
how you know how you feel about your current situation, but you can also understand the privilege that you're in mm-hmm. by not being in a country that's fighting for their freedom at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I think I think um, we send all of our love and our prayers to everyone that is, you know, um, a part of this. And we are all, at, the reality is we are all a part of this. We are all a global world. And we all, as, as Maggie said, your mindset affects other people. Mm-hmm. And so the collective support and love and, you know, is, is a part of this. And then fighting is a part of fighting for our freedom as well. Mm-hmm. Because if this continues, it's not, it's not a good scenario for the rest of the world. And so you know, their fight is our fight and our fight is their fight. And it's, we're all here for it. So, um, yeah, you know, on to end on a, on a high note, the, the idea is that freedom is available. Freedom is not just physically, but mentally. Mm -hmm. And we need to, we need to always be working towards developing freedom within ourselves and within the people around us well I think the best way to cultivate like freedom on a global scale is to cultivate it within ourselves that's right first anything that we want to see on a global scale must be first mastered on a personal scale because we cannot change collectively what is not personally changed within us Uh Um, and that doesn't mean that we have to be perfect um, or a hundred percent unified. Um, but it does, it underscores the importance of our own personal work in affecting change on a larger global scale. Absolutely. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of times during really challenging events like this, it can feel um paralyzing because like what can I do from here right apart from donating funds and making sure that I'm getting reliable information and if I'm sharing information that it is also reliable uh-huh. um and I think something you know we all we feel paralyzed because we're we're doers we want to do things to make ourselves right. feel better I think acknowledging right that there's not a lot that we can, you know, we can't make ourselves feel better out of this. This is, it's a horrible, hard, dark situation, but I think, you know, focusing on what can I do to heal myself, Uh to cultivate freedom within myself and within my community and with those that I love. Um, And that in turn will raise the collective energetic vibration of the world if we all continue to put our best foot forward like laying just lay the bricks baby that's it that's what we can do absolutely we love you all we hope you have a wonderful week Mm -hmm. and we're gonna close out this celebration of maggie's wonderful birthday and uh we hope that this resonated with you and we will see you next week bye Thanks for listening. And if you would like to join Freedom Mindset Academy, click the link in the show notes and apply for a free clarity call. Because let's face it, if you already feel like there aren't enough hours in the day, then you don't want to waste another minute not working towards life balance, 
by creating sustainable systems and taking back control of your time. We'll see you inside the Academy.